Familiacide, more commonly known as family annihilation, is a subject not that well understood. Studies have taken place and are still ongoing into what, if anything, can be done to prevent these cases happening. Motivations can be attributed after the event and identifying the triggers is possible, but the acts themselves are rarely preventable. A recent study identified perpetrators as 83% male aged 30 to 39 and the remaining 17% were women. What the study did not look at were children who wipe out their families. This is the case of William Lemke and this is Murder Me on Monday. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Murder Me on Monday podcast. I am Cameron and joined with me, his mother. Hello. We didn't do one last week. There is an excuse. There is a genuine reason why. Last two years have been, I've really done a number on everybody's um, state of mind. Last week, I just hit rock bottom. I just could not do last week's episode. So here we are with this week's one. So welcome to Christmas season, everyone. Lack of goodwill and all that, bearing in mind what it is that we do. You said in in the intro that it's family murderers are typically men between 30 and 39. Family annihilators, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's implied. If you're a family murderer, it's implied you've also annihilated them. Yes, okay. So you've got about five years for me. <laughs> Get your act together, lad. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> about five years, come on. Uh, all right, so do you want to... Right, and, and actually, do you want to say his name again? Because you struggled with that a couple of times. It's William Lemke. It's Germanic. It's German. Yeah. It's German. It's German. And I, I did listen to it multiple times, how to pronounce it, and there seems to be multiple ways of doing it. So I just gave it the best, best shot I could. So we've done Family Annihilators before. We did episode four, which was the Balduck family, and episode 14, which was the Rupert family massacre, as it's known. This one is different due to the age of the killer and when it took place. Hint, Christmas. And the motive is darker than one would possibly suspect. And the aftermath, which, to be honest, there isn't one, which in itself is actually intriguing. This one has been tagged in some places as parasite, killing of one's parents, Technically, that's correct, but that's not the whole story. Is it because there's more than just the parents? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but it, it, why has it been defined as patricide and not the rest of it? Parasite. Because he, he did kill his parents, but they're missing out the family annihilation. The, the Is patricide killing just your dad? Just your parents. No, you're saying parasite, not patricide. I'm saying parasite. I'm getting wrong with patricide. Yeah, patricide is father, parasite is your parents. Okay, that's... That's yeah. what I'm asking. Patricide is your father. Yeah. Parasite is... Yeah, your... and matricide is your mother. Yeah. Yeah. So familiarside doesn't mean you actually have to kill the entire family because where would that stop? Do you take out your grandparents and your cousins? Do you go out, you know, it's it can be just that family unit. So family annihilators are ones that take out their own families, not other people's. When we were going to start doing this podcast, you said, shall we focus on something? Yes. Like yes. family murderers or... Yes. or you're doing a podcast with your family. I know. And then you look at them funny. You're like, fucking, come on. Well, it does. It does make <laughs> you question. Hints. These get mixed up with serial killers due to the numbers of victims and spree killers due to the rapid pace of killings. That's a good point. Well, if someone kills their parents and then kills other people as a result, would they then just be a serial killer, spree killer? And the, the parasite would, is just sort of built in. It would be tagged with both. So if somebody was going looking for it, it would throw up. You would hope that it would throw it, but it doesn't. Because Serial killers no... from XYZ Place, and also if you were to search family annihilators from XYZ Place, they'd appear in both. You would hope, yeah. but again, it depends on the SEO. Uh, yeah, I was going to say they get in that, that Google efficiency. Yeah, that's the one. 
So the definition of a family annihilator is a bit difficult to pin down, to be honest. Sometimes there's no actual blood link between the murderer and the victims, but a marital one whereby they kill their partner or step or adopted children and sometimes multiple other relatives. So you can see why it's a bit of an odd subject and one we're definitely going to come back for sure next week. The study I mentioned at the beginning was from 2013, I think, and it was really small, only 71 cases over a 30-year period, I think it was, and it's UK-based. And they admitted that the women are driven very differently to the men on these cases, and they didn't want to put them into the same categories. They developed four categories for men, and they were working further on this because they said those four categories didn't fit how the women did it. When they, So it's, it's a really complex subject is great to give things labels because you can mentally compartmentalize and it makes it easier to understand them yeah. to a degree but it's the to what's a very yeah exactly does that apply to it so you said only 17 percent of yes on this particular are, study are, are women yes and you said usually on the different causes that make them do it yes that's what I, that's what i was going to ask do you find with women it would be more of a i don't know if that's going to be true actually because with men I, th- I feel like mental health issues are more common in men Yes. Now women so but i was going to say do you think it's more of a mental health issue when women commit family annihilation there is no definitive because um, I'm, I'm just wondering because usually it's because a woman's gone mental that's why she's done it whereas a man does it because they like can be either like hyper angry or mental so that's why i'm wondering why would agree with you but there is no definitive research that's actually been done that i could say to you yes that's the reason with men Specifically, it does appear to be rejection, and that can be the end of a marriage. And sometimes it can be if they feel like they're the provider, then they get they lose their job and they go, "Oh, I can't provide anymore, so I'll just kill them." Which is li- was, literally throwing the baby out of the bathwater. That was one of the four categories. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head with that one. You can get some red flags from people's behaviours, but in this week's case, there were some indicators that were probably going to be problems. But the full extent of what eventually happened could not have been predicted at all. So let's dive in. William Lee Lemke, as we said, it's Germanic in origin, apparently. He was born in 1984, the third child of Robert and Diana. He had a brother called Clint. I'm assuming that's an abbreviation for Clinton. A sister called Jolene and a younger brother called Wesley. Clint had left home in his early 20s, but the rest of them all lived together in a place called Colville in Washington State, with the house next door that was lived in by an uncle, which was Diana's brother. Colville's not a big place. Even by the 2010 census, it's less than 4,500 inhabitants, very spread out, rural, wooded, all that sort of thing. Dad Robert was a self-employed logger, apparently had his own rig, and his mother Diana seemingly suffered with multiple sclerosis. She rarely left the house and Jolene, William's sister, seemed to have to undertake most of the housework that was going on with the house. But things were changing. October 2000, William decides to run away from home. He needs funds, so breaks into a neighbour's house and steals $25 of coin in a roll. You know, the the rolls of coins wrapped in paper that you sometimes get from banks? Is that a nickel in your pocket or a a roll of quarters in your pocket? Are you happy to see me? Yes, yes, go around. And a bar of silver, which was valued at... <laughs> You're going to say a bar of soap. <laughs> bar of silver, which was valued at $166. Why somebody would have a bar of silver sat around? Well, but it sounds like they're in a logging community. Yeah. That They might literally just trade that as goods at some point. Yeah, you, you 100% and, right. And when you said, when you said he stole $25, I'm thinking, what? 
what funds are they actually going to provide? What can you do with that? Nothing. I know it's 2000 so actually, to be fair, inflation has probably hit quite hard since then. But $25 isn't going to get you anywhere. But why just steal those two things? It was odd. He, he, might have, he might have only wanted the money. He didn't actually want to steal stuff from the guy. Well, what else is he going to take if he's on the run? He can't you, take his television. You'll find out later. He gets caught, obviously, and he's, he pleads guilty to first-degree theft and is sentenced to 12 months of community supervision and 40 hours of community service at a nearby animal shelter that was run by a local resident. Don't worry, there's no animal abuse in this one. Up to that point, William had been homeschooled on and off. But after this little event, he was promptly enrolled in a high school where his older sister attended as a senior. I should imagine trying to homeschool someone when you have MS wouldn't be easy, but there are reasons. Diana was a Jehovah's Witness, although her husband wasn't, yet the children were also brought up in the same faith. I don't know if Robert was lapsed, as they did get married young, he would have been around 25 and Diana would have been 19-ish. There are a lot of restrictions on education with strict Jehovah's Witnesses, things they don't want the children to be taught, things like no further education too from what I've read, so college wasn't an option and kind of explained the homeschooling. From what I understand, if someone's an apostle, someone's left the faith, they're not supposed to communicate with those people. He might not necessarily left it because he didn't join it in the first place, but if, if you're an apostle, you can't... Apostate. Ap- apostate, sorry. <laughs> if, you're a, if you're a prostate... <laughs> Very big difference between... Uh, why is those words so similar? Between an apostle and an apostate. I sat here thinking, yeah. what's, what's the Last Supper got to do with it? But if, if if you're an apostate and you've left the faith, you're meant to be like exercised from the community. People aren't meant to talk to you. If you tell people you're an ex-member, that's one of the ways to get them to go away from your door. If they ever knock on your house, tell them you're an ex-member. They'll like fucking leg it because they're not supposed to talk to you. Is that Jehovah's Witness yeah. specifically? Because I, I, I think the Mormon faith is very similar. Well, I mean, both religions were made in the last, like, 250 years. So let's be honest. Yeah, How different true. are they? This is true. I've got friends that have witnesses that might be listening to this. So I'm not going to go too ham on, on it because I'll probably, I'll probably get told off. But you know what I mean? Like, this is me. So Robert and Diana, they were not abusive parents. They were probably very strict and rigid in their thinking. But William wasn't enjoying the rules. Older brother Clint had long left home, as I said. His sister, Jolene, was engaged to be married. She was only 18. And I wonder if he realised that doing all the chores would likely fall to him once Jolene left home. Plus, the theft conviction would have gone down like an absolute lead balloon. December the 23rd, 2000. Six foot one, 230 pound, 16 year old William has an... That sounded like an intro to a wrestler, didn't it? (laughs) He's a big lad. He had an argument with his father about not collecting some firewood. They lived out in a wooded area, which I said, which is about 50 miles north of Spokane. You need wood to burn in winter to keep warm. So I I could imagine what the argument was like. Apparently, Robert was so mad, according to William, he threatened to throw William out from the home. Dad Robert goes off to have a shower. I need to be religious, nice people. I'm just saying. Oh, fuck. Don't, if you ain't picking up firewood, you're getting kicked out. No, no. Family arguments doesn't... Religion doesn't preclude it. It definitely should do. If, if eternity and salvation, one of the 144,000 people that apparently is allowed to be in heaven with Jesus, not Jesus, God, because they're two different people, apparently. They don't believe in the Holy Trinity. Carry on. So, Rob, Dad Robert goes <laughs> off to have a shower. I've got no words for that one. William gets a gun, or two, and shoots Robert as he comes out of the shower. Uh, 
Wait, that happened very quickly. Start that again. What happened? So he didn't get firewood, then he shot him. He did get firewood. They had a row. Dad goes off to have a shower. That's a logger. He comes home <laughs> covered in muck. He's had a really long day, and he has a row with his son. Right, hang on. Wait. His dad's a logger, and he... why didn't he bring firewood home from work? <laughs> He's, he's, he's angry at his son for not getting wood. That's what he does all day. I should, I, fair enough. Yeah. So, so, you, so they had an argument. He had a shower. And then when he got out of the shower, shower. he was shot dead. Oh, God. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. And he goes, then William goes and finds mum, Diana, and shoots her. Shoots his sister, Jolene, and his little brother, Wesley. He's a big lad, as I said. And it must have been hard work getting four bodies out into the family pickup. But he does and drives off. And dumps them in a ditch by the side of the he's road. He's 230 pounds. He, he's, he's a good 16 stone at that point. Yeah. That probably wasn't that hard, to be honest. But if, four bodies? He, and he then, didn't do them all at once. Yeah. If he did, he did, that's really impressive. And he, sh- he should definitely be in wrestling. But I, yeah, I don't think it was too much of a, a thing for him at six foot one, two, 230. I, I just thought to myself, you've got to be knackered after doing that. But he manages to do it. He drives off, dumps them in this ditch two miles away from home is there any reporting from him at least i mean i don't know if what he did at the end if he's still about did he say what his feelings were at the time for this if he does later on you can then say later on but I'm, I'm wondering because not to dramatize it but i want to know what happened when he's doing this is he thinking about what's happening as it's doing it or because the way it's being described is it's very surgical you're just picking it's like picking someone up and taking someone out so I'm wondering, if, is there any more description? No, and that is very intriguing. Exactly what you've said. His description of what he did was surgical. There were no emotions You in can it. disassociate from that at that point. Yeah, yeah. But there's more to it than that. He probably thought by dumping him in the ditch, there would be enough snowfall to hide all the evidence and maybe they wouldn't be found till either spring or the animals would get them or something. Who knows what he thought? He was 16 and there probably wasn't an awful lot going on in his head. He goes home. It's basically what's known as a bloodbath. It's everywhere. He doesn't clean up the blood spears, smears, but he does paint over the blood on the kitchen ceiling from where he's <laughs> shot his mother. He painted over it. Yeah, he painted over it. Didn't even do a good job of that. There's even blood in the snow outside the home where he moved them. But again, maybe he thought snowfall would cover it or he didn't see it because it was dark. But you would, yeah. So he's at home all by himself. All over Christmas, which isn't celebrated in that house. But everyone else is on a holiday. So what does an average 16-year-old do? Party, which he does. Lots of partying. On the Nintendo with his mates and having fun. There was no mention on of the, drugs. On the, the Nintendo. Nintendo. Yeah, I, game, he was gaming. Yep. I don't think they would have had the internet. You wouldn't have had the capacity to play online back then. No, his mates were coming round to the house. How would they not see, like... Because his mates are 16 and numb nuts too. Yeah, but I mean, I was thick as fuck at 16, but I would have been like, hang on, mate, where have you, your parents have been for, for Oh, I'll well, tell you days. where he told his parents were. So this is all going on over Christmas, and this until the 29th of December. Diana's brother realised he hadn't seen any of your family. Apparently, they actually shared a driveway, but I'm guessing it was big because he R- just... Rural America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He contacts Clint, the brother. Clint asks William where everyone is. Why the uncle didn't, the suspicion is that he was actually the neighbour that William had stolen the silver and coins from. So he wasn't too enamoured of William, so he wasn't going to talk to him. So that's why he gets the older brother. William says, oh, they're visiting another relative in California who's sick. 2000, remember, not everyone had mobiles, not even a signal. 
But asking around, no one knows anything about any sick relative down in California. I was going to say that. Wouldn't they then know whether or not they have relatives in California? Well, there were relatives in California, but nobody knew anything about anybody being sick. And why would it have only been... Why would they have gone, taken the others and not taken because him? Because he was in trouble for Nick and stuff. But yeah, then but again, you wouldn't want to leave the kid that's nicked all the stuff at home. Exactly. With more stuff to steal. Nail and head. The uncle and Clint go and see William and they notice big red flags. All the cars are there. They go into the house. Diana's handbag is there. Robert's wallet's there. The uncle doesn't hang about and actually reports it to the police and asks them to go and take a look as something wasn't quite right. Not strictly a missing persons case, perhaps a welfare check sort of situation. There's something not really right. And again, they probably would have known everybody in the local police force. So if he'd rung up and said, look, you know, my sister and her husband and all the rest of the kids are missing. They know William's a shitbag. So, yeah, all right, we're going to go have a look. The police turn up on the 30th of December to chat to William, which is logical. He's actually in the family pickup about to leave with three mates in the vehicle when the police arrive. They had police arrive with three cars and effectively blocked the driveway. So the fact that they turned up with three cars tells me that the uncle very probably did say something had happened and they were not missing. William tells the police he's got no idea where his family is, yet he said California, but must have realised that was actually being believed. He lets them look around. They spot the personal effects. They spot what they think is blood on a water heater and a washing machine. They look around and look up. This is where I never look up. That's why we have cobwebs around the top of the ceiling. But these guys actually looked up and they see marks under this what was obviously fresh paint. And one even finds what they think is human flesh stuck to an ornament on a shelf. They go outside to talk to his mates in the pickup and spot blood on the vehicle. They ask William about all that they found. And he promptly bursts into tears, admits what he's done and tells them where to find the bodies. Obviously, he's advised of his rights and arrested. What we know happened is a bit different to what William admitted later. The autopsy reports showed that Dad Robert had three contact wounds, one of which was behind the ear, but all three shots were to his head, so kill shots, yeah? He was shot in his bedroom when he came out of the shower and was only wearing a towel. Diana was shot three times in the head with two different rifles and four times in the right arm, shoulder and hands, which appeared to be defensive wounds by warding off moments. She was killed in the kitchen in her wheelchair that she was confined to with MNS. She MNS? MS. Multiple <laughs> sclerosis. MNS or the, the food place, the <laughs> supermarket. She couldn't have gotten away from him or protected anyone. Jolene had two shots to the back of her head. Yeah, and one to her back. Wesley was shot once to the head. Again, close contact. These two were lying on the living room floor, according to William, somehow trying to hide, which I still can't envisage why lying on the floor would help you hide. But You've just had gunfire, not thinking clearly. You're just going to hide from what you think might be you in the line of fire next. Yeah. So, worth noting at this point, Wesley was the only one shot once, and he was the only one that William wasn't angry with that anyone could tell. It's very likely he was just killed because he was there as a witness. When the police asked William why he had done it, he apparently talked about the argument he'd had. 
His dad was always mean and he'd had too much to do around the house and his sister wasn't around, presumably so she would have had to do the stuff. And his dad said he would send him back to Juvenile Hall where he'd been sent for a short while on that theft charge. So there's all this usual toing and froing, court-appointed attorneys for William. That would indicate to me that the family are not standing by him at all and no one's paying for anything. There are psychiatrist reports, requests by the defence to throw out the confession tapes, requests to throw out the whole case because he hadn't been advised of his rights at the moment the police turned up. That's when they only had the missing persons report welfare check type scenario. All of that was denied. He is charged with four counts of first degree murder, but due to his age, he's not obviously not eligible for the death penalty. Trial starts in June of 2001. Relatives won't talk to the press, don't blame them, and all anyone knows are the statements that the police and the prosecutors have put out about that argument and the family were dealing with some issues personally. What comes up during the trial, however, is jaw-dropping. Jolene was engaged, remember. Her fiancé goes to the police and then testifies to this in court. As I said, 2000s, so whilst not everybody has mobile phones for pictures and videos, many people have a video recorder. We did back then, and this family was no different. They had a shiny new one. Whether he was told he could use a recorder or just help to himself, which is very likely... Did he record some fuckery with it? Yes, he did. Oh, carry on. William... Of course he did. Yeah. Yeah. He thought he was going to be the next Steven Spielberg, or more probably what was the equivalent of Pornhub back then. William films his sister Jolene in the shower. That's bad enough. He then films himself masturbating whilst watching the video of Jolene showering. If you could see Cameron's face at this point, listeners. I'm, frown- I'm frowning a lot. I'm, I'm giving myself wrinkles and I shouldn't be. I can't work out if he does it on purpose, but he leaves the damn double up tape in the machine and Jolene finds it. So where he's doing his business and watching Jolene, it, it, yeah, she finds it. I wondered if he did it to intimidate her. I have power and control over you sort of thing. Or he really was that stupid. Jolene shows her parents the video. And he's that upset, goes to spend the night at her fiancé's. This is how he knows about it. She told the fiancé. The following day, she comes home. And it's then that the whole family are killed. His excuse about the firewood is highly unlikely, the argument that he had with his dad. I bet mum and dad said, that's it, you're out, after seeing that video. You're going back to juvie. Yeah, it's, more, it's, it's probably not the lack of collecting firewood and providing heat to the family. It's that you were wanking over your sister and then recorded you wanking over your sister. I know it's like, yeehaw, brother, come on, American. Yeah. But no, no. No. <laughs> So the fiancé also told the court that Jolene and her parents had wiped the tape, but he didn't know if there were other tapes or other copies. Prosecutors tell the court that they do have a lot of videotapes, but the judge rules that they cannot show them to the court. No, they can't, because he's like 16. <laughs> <laughs> William hadn't told the police about the tape. He didn't know that Jolene had told her fiancé. He, he thought he got away with it. But remember, his original confession to the police... William admits that after shooting everybody, he goes back to Jolene's body and has sex with her. We have necrophilia and incest. Have you ever seen, I think it's called, so there's, there's, there's a few movies. There's The Wrong Turn and then there's The Hills Have Eyes. 
I've heard of the Hills of Eyes, but I've never seen it. So that's a bit different. That's a radiation experiment in America. They get these weird inbred hillbillies, basically, and they kill people along the this like, stretch of road in America. And the idea is the Hills have eyes because they can see you and you don't know you're there. Da, da, da. I'm getting those kind of vibes from it. Not only did you kill your family and record yourself tugging one off to your sister. <laughs> What's called the five the five finger shuffle or something? Yeah. So not have you done that, you've then so you've killed your family, you've done some weird shit alone with with your sister, and then you've had sex with your sister. It's sort of built into us on a fundamental level to not be attracted to your siblings. It's built it's built into us as humans to not do that for like You do have what's known as genetic attraction, which happens with people that are separated and it it does happen. And and that can happen with a uh, a child. Yes then get separated from their, their mother or something. Or and, the father. And they then come back and it's because they haven't formed like a proper connection and they're getting it crossed in their head. Yeah. But this isn't that. He's had sex with his sister. That's a bit different. Yeah. And this is why when I started researching this one, I'm thinking, oh, yeah. It's, okay. it's built into us for genetic diversity because if you have a kid that's going to be fucked up and have three eyes and might have superpowers. But necrophilia and... Insect- yeah, it's worse. Uh, yeah. I mean, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to make... Okay. You must understand, listeners, why it's actually really weird sometimes to have these conversations. Yes, with it's very child. weird to have it with your with your mother. But yeah. I was, I was going to make a joke. At least it's cold outside. <laughs> so that wouldn't have gone off. Wouldn't it? <laughs> I, was, I wasn't going to say it, then I did. So what possible defence could there be to this? There isn't one. Well, they tried for a dysfunctional household. It wasn't a happy one for sure. Probably because of William. But the older brother, Clint, hadn't turned out a Rowan. He'd worked with his father every single day as a logger and only had good stuff to say. He could have been the eldest child being the favourite child, but I don't know. They tried for the religion angle and how hard it was for William with all the rules, not being allowed to go anywhere or do anything, and he didn't like it. Fair enough. But you don't kill people for that. Then they had the psychiatrist reports. You say that, though, if that's your life and you've been indoctrinated into this way, you say you don't kill people for being strict religion. It depends how you see it. If if you feel like you've been um, suppressed your whole life and you've under these really strict rules, when you snap, you snap hard. I'm not saying that is the case, but that can easily happen. If, if, if you've got such a strict upbringing, when you snap, you snap. Yeah. It, it, so... You're saying it's not a reason to kill someone. Of course it's not, but that explains why they've done it. I don't think that's the case, but I wouldn't say it's true that that's not a reason why you kill someone. It may be the reason, but it's not a defence. And it's Oh, yeah, there basically yeah. is no defence apart no. from self-defence. Yeah. Again, they, they had the psychiatrist reports. They try, actually even tried diminished mental capacity. They, I'd believe that. You had sex with your dead sister. They, a normal person doesn't do that. No, you definitely don't. They, they, they tried saying he had a traumatic childhood. And should only have been convicted on second-degree murder. Now, because this all came from public funds, there was only one psychiatric defence witness. And the prosecution didn't even bother with one. They had the confession and argued it was all premeditated and should be first degree. He could have been resentful towards his mother being in a wheelchair. Yeah. And if he, if he then has to care for an uncle, Jolene's left. Or about to leave, yeah. About to leave. And then his... I mean, that might be why I got really angry because he can't touch himself about her being in the shower anymore. Yeah, <laughs> you, you're absolutely uh, right. I know I know people can, um, children that have their childhood taken away from them because they have to care for a parent, they can be resentful for it because they haven't had the the chance to be a child themselves and it's been taken away from them. It's different if you choose to do that and like you love your, pa- your parents, your family, you choose to do that. But if it's forced upon you, I can see why people would be resentful of that if they're not happy to do so. Yeah. That's why I don't like it when people had kids to care for them 
or people had kids to care for the other kids. Let the oldest child be a child. Yeah. I know he's not the oldest, he's the youngest, but you get the thing. Well, he's not. He's the middle one. He's got a younger brother as well. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's one that was hiding yeah. and he got killed, yeah. yeah. 27th of August, 2001. A jury quickly convicted 16-year-old William and all four counts. Superior Court Judge Larry Christiansen had no choice under law about sentencing William to life without the possibility of parole. Deep inside, son, you're a monster and you deserve the punishment that a monster should receive. The aftermath. Well, there really hasn't been one. Here is a 16-year-old sentenced to life without parole. He will never get out and no celebrity has championed him and he's been in prison longer than he was out. He's 37 now. Someone like this is a prime example of rehabilitation. You're 16. You've done you've done a, a, a bad act. But you're telling me you can't be rehabilitated at the age of 16? I'm not disagreeing with you. It's, it's, it's people that are 18 that, that commit crimes, that commit murders, because they've... You're, you're, you're 16. You're, you're a teenager. Your brain isn't formed. You can't fully... I know you think so. Think back. I thought I knew what I was doing at 16. Of course I didn't. Stupid decisions. But this is amplified. Yeah, and I think the problem is, we'll get into it a little bit further on, but I think the problem is when someone's sentenced to something, life without parole, there is no will within a lot of systems to actually put any effort into somebody like this, to rehabilitate them, to give them further education, to do any of that. I know last week's one was a good example of that. Yeah. He, he tried to be rehabbed and then... it didn't work but he went in when he wasn't 16 he went in when he's already formed these different systems as well yeah it's it's why if you have someone that's got um pedophilic tendencies because the difference between someone's a pedophile and someone's attracted to kids i think once you've actually molested someone you then become a pedophile yeah. otherwise you're just like a, do you know what i mean it's yeah. like you should, before they've done that you should help those people to stop them from doing it in the first place. I, d- I don't mean help them do something wrong, but you should you should give them the therapy and make sure they don't commit the crimes in the first place rather than immediately ostracise them. You should try to help those people, give them the therapy, the support, so they don't do these things. I don't disagree with you, but it's how much and how manipulative somebody can be, which, again, was last week's case. And then once they do it, you chuck them in the bin. But yeah. say 16-year-old couldn't be rehabilitated from something. Well, let's get into that. There was an appeal in 2001 based around what is known as community function. The police turning up for the missing persons report or, or this uh, welfare check, and then it turns into a murder. And a legal error around a juror being excused. But it was all dismissed on the basis that the jury would not have found a different verdict if these matters had been dealt with differently. And in 2002, a new lawyer seemed to think that there could be grounds to appeal on the same basis, but I, I still can't see that happening. All of the arguments are really almost desperate as they've been covered in pre-trial, one appeal, and they're still trying to find a major point of law that may get him off. But the laws on sentencing juveniles to life sentences have been changed, so it's possible he may have a chance of getting out via that route. Basically, they can't do it. They have to give them a fixed term. So they're going to retroactively change his sentencing? Yeah. Why does that exist for a child being sentenced to life because they realized it was wrong but with the for example the weed laws in america being changed you've got people in prison for selling weed when you've got now you've got establishments that sell it themselves so weed is no longer illegal it's decriminalized so why are those i know what you're saying because at the time it was illegal 
Not all states are have decriminalized weed. No, but I'm using that for examples like, like California that's done it. You've still got people in prison that are in there for long, long periods of time for selling weed or smoking weed being found with it, but you've got places that can sell it. <laughs> I know there's a difference between um, murder was never legal, so then when he did it, he should always have a, a bare minimum punishment for that thing, whereas weed was illegal and then it's become legal yeah. because you can't then make murder legal. They're not quite comparison, but you can see what I mean between making a crime that was... Uh, uh, retroactively changing the punishment for the crime is what I'm bringing to question. I know it's severity of the murder and it's a 16-year-old. It goes along with what I'm saying. Someone could be rehabilitated. They shouldn't be in prison for one mistake they did You've for the rest of their life. You've got to have the political will. You've I got did that to... without breathing. Can we just notice that? How did, <laughs> I did a circular breathing. I breathed in through my nose and spoke somehow without actually stopping. You've got to have the political will. You've got to have the clout. You've got to have somebody that's willing to stand up and shout about these things. And who's going to defend... Weed. They, and no, no, loads of people defend weed. No, I meant the political bods are unlikely to. But that's because of this weird hemp law that happened with, I think it was Reagan. Anyway, yeah, and who's going to defend a 16-year-old kid that had sex with his dead sister that he killed? I, think, I, I don't think anyone's going to get behind that. No. If he didn't do that bit, he might have actually got yep. some, some protection. Yep. So uh, I, I reckon he's going to be on the lookout for someone to take this pro bono. So a couple of oddities, though. I did find a handwritten letter for William from William up for sale on a website called Serial Killers Inc. It was marked at the price of $25. And I know people will buy stuff like that. It's now marked as out of stock. Cameras pulling faces at me again. I also watched a YouTuber who writes to prisoners and reads letters on camera after giving, reading a, a brief rundown of their case. He got a letter from William who stated that he rarely wrote to anybody anymore as they were being sold online. So that letter I found was probably one of those. It's a short video, roughly seven minutes, but I'll link it in the show notes so you can judge for yourself. It's odd. I couldn't find any books. I couldn't find any in-depth articles or blog posts that were just not rehashes. And I couldn't find any documentaries about this boy. But I found a dating profile for him. The site was actually called Meet an Inmate, and it's all about pen pals, but you know it's not. Heck, reality TV shows have a series of women who take up with killers and so on, but it's now gone, and I didn't screenshot it, so a lesson learned. So he's either oh, found you, you, someone... You found it, and then it got taken away. Yeah, when I went back into... I found it, bookmarked it to go and back... And you went back, and it wasn't there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's either found someone, or it's been removed for breaching guidelines or something. I also saw some posts on a forum where someone had gone to school with him. I even saw a yearbook picture of him, but there wasn't anything revealing in the forums. The kids didn't like him, but there wasn't any particular reason. I personally absolutely agree with the prosecution take on it being premeditated murder, premeditated murder, but past the murder. So no real thought had gone into anything, had it? Typical 16 year old. What you just said, Cameron, should he be there for life? I don't know. Is he mentally I, ill? I don't think so. I, I, I don't think so, no. No. I, I, th I think about the reason why he killed this family, again, I'm just speculating, uh, I think why he killed his family is because he wanted to hide the fact that people have found that what he was doing with, with his sister. When, or, or to his sister, I guess. Yeah, he was doing it to her. He wasn't with her, yeah. When they found the bodies in the ditch, Dad was just covered with the towel. How we got... Uh, he must have had one hell of a grip on it or just threw it over him when he rolled him I think him the... having a hell of a grip on it is what got him in trouble in the first place. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> you set me up for that one, <laughs> didn't you? You set me up for a no. masturbation joke. Uh, when they found Jolene, love her, um, she, was, she had the top half of her clothing but no bottom half because he didn't even redress her. I mean, I think he did it to save himself the embarrassment for it and then he got found having done it and then that's what he got known for. So it sort of bit him in the arse, isn't it? Yeah. I... 
he admitted on the tapes that's what he'd done to Jolene. I couldn't find any mention because you can't find a transcript of the court case on file where they had done um, reports, you know, DNA testing on Jolene to see if he had done what he said he'd done. But I should think it was obvious. Or and he's never denied it since. And from when they did it, though, if she's exposed to the elements for like almost a week, yeah, then it might have gone at that point. So it might not be able to do that. But then again, it's cold. And, and yeah, it, yeah. How much animal activity in the yeah. in in the cold time near his house, maybe? Yeah, I I wouldn't want to live when he's in with that necrophilia and incest vibes going on. He's been in prison for twenty years, as I said. There's been zero attempts to rehab him, like we said. They, I don't think they spend time on him. They wouldn't spend any money on him. According to that letter he sent to that YouTuber, um, apparently he likes to read a lot, and he did ask some books to be sent. And he he talked about reading Nabokov, yet he didn't know how to. What spell is it. Nabokov? Uh, <laughs> people my age will know it primarily if you're not an academic you'll know it primarily from a song by the police um that book by nabokov lolita i'm 25 yeah i don't i don't know what i even understood about half the words you said there in that sentence <laughs> what what is it what what is nabokov is that like a person and then someone's written a song about it is it a philosopher no we're not cutting the podcast tell me what it is i it's philosophy and okay because it, it, it's, it's like it's, dostoevsky something is like a, just a general philosopher <laughs> Lolita is. Do you not know the story of Lolita? It's it's a book about pederasty, basically. But it was considered. Oh, even and he wants books on that. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's he's considered. It's considered uh, a work of extraordinary fiction. But in today's modern age, it's got people sci-fiing it. A, mo- a modern version of that actually exists. This is a brief, brief segue. In anime. Cause, and I'm not talking about weird hentai tentacle porn stuff. In the, in a more uh, gen pop appealing anime, you might have someone that's like a thousand years old, right? But they're a fairy, so they look like a kid, yeah. and they'll date a man who's in yeah. his thirties. Yeah. That's that's borderline, yeah. like because they look like a oh, I'm a thousand is fine. No, it's not. You look seven. No, you're absolutely right. That is a primary tenant in fantasy fiction. I, it's it's a bit different when you have someone that's uh, so example the movie Atlantis, the the, the Disney I've never movie. Seen it. Um, okay, there's there's a woman that's eight thousand years old, and then she ends up dating a man that's um, well, not dating a man. She's being with a man that's in his like mid twenties, right? But she's an adult and she looks like one. That's fine. It's a bit weird the other way around because she's like four hundred times older than him. So that's weird. But when someone looks seven, that's the modern version of what you're saying there with a yeah. a book that's like this high fiction weird thing. Don't stand so close to me, the police. Yeah, don't stand so close to me. And it was it, the line in it is that about that book by Nabokov. Yeah. You're sat there looking at me again, but never mind. He doesn't even know who the police are people. But anyway, if they do decide at some point to let him out, they're going to have their work cut out, getting him ready, aren't they? That's going to take years because they've done nothing with him. They've done nothing with him for the 20 years that he's been in there. It's almost like prison isn't for reform. It's go to your room and think about what you've done for adults. With him, yeah. No, with all adults, basically. It's go to the room and think what you've done. When they've been given life without parole, and I think this is where it falls over. This is why you get somebody that maybe does something really, really bad, kills two or three people, they put them in prison, life without parole, and they think, I've got nothing to lose. So if they then have an argument with somebody else in prison, they go and kill them, which is... That happens. You, yeah, we think, we, We've spoken times. about that loads yeah. of times. Yeah, Robert Maudsley was one of them. They, they've got nothing to lose. So something's wrong 
with it, but what the answers are. Is there any information or, or updates on Jolene's fiance? No. There's, nothing's come out since no. then. He's, he's, no, there's absolutely nothing. He was obviously devastated. That the family, have, the family still haven't spoken out about any of this. They obviously want nothing to do with him. He doesn't get any visitors, from what I can understand. Occasionally, like I said, he's had people writing to It'll him. It'll be a morbid curiosity pen pal type thing, asking yeah. him about what he's done rather than him. Yeah. Or any kind of family member. Yeah. Which is how it should be. You've been ostracised from your family. Yeah, but it le- leaves people in this limbo. So, like you say, I don't agree with the death penalty personally. Uh, there's too many mistakes being made. But there's it way does, too many. Yeah. But this ends up making you think sometimes, what else do they do yeah, with him? What is the point of sticking someone in a room for the re- the remainder of their life if you're not going to try to do something and at least... I don't know. It, without, without repeating myself, because this is always what I harp on about. I don't know what the answers are either, but there are... Um, to be fair though, Mother, people aren't asking us that, are we? No, they're definitely not. So this was one of our Christmas episodes. We're going to do another one next week. There's a very famous case that a lot of people will have heard of, but a lot of people won't. And then that is going to be it until the new year. We're going to take Christmas off like most normal, sensible people should be doing, yeah, if you can. Piss off. Leave us alone. Yeah. We're going to but be please like and subscribe. <laughs> Notice me. Yeah. <laughs> Rate, review, hit that subscribe button. We're going to be back in January with some a few changes. We're working on things continuously, trying to make changes and improve. It's very snail pace. You think, oh, I'll, I'll do it. I've got a week off. I'll do something. And then you never get around to it. Ah, shit. <laughs> I'm yeah. behind where I should be. You're trying to catch up with other things as well. So finally, the victims in this week's episode, as they should not be forgotten. We have Robert Lemke, age 49. Diana Lemke, age 43. Jolene Lemke, aged 18, and Wesley Lemke, aged 11. So that's the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Murder Me and Monday. And Gmail. Uh, you, can, you can email us yeah. at uh, Monday Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Stay sexy, stay safe. Peace. Bye.